What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Brandon Miller's situation. I'll just start with Mark. What are your thoughts? I can't believe that he hasn't been <clears throat> charged with something. Uh, I, I also think that, uh, you know, to me, Nate Oates made a made a terrible call here. I know he's a great player. I know that uh, Nate probably sees good some good in him, but that was a terrible mistake that resulted in a death. Um, I just don't see how in the world they could have let him play. So I think that's that's ridiculous. I don't know what Pat meant by in over his head. You know, he's. He seems to be a good coach. I like his style on the floor. Um, players seem to want to play in that system. Shoots a lot of threes. Uh, and his team's been ranked number one the, in the country at times this year. And a lot of the reason that they've been number one is because Brandon Miller's really good. Uh, but I, I think that the kid's got to be suspended. Yeah, there's talk that Brandon Miller is the number one player in the country right now as a freshman. Uh, but I agree with you. I mean, I, I love what Pat said that every time he opened his mouth, something stupid came out of it because that's been the case over the course of this week. We talked about this a bunch the other day. I don't see how he shows up. I mean, they have on text messages um, the request for him to bring the gun. He shows up at the spot. The gun is there. It's loaded. It's it's used in the course of a murder. I don't see how that's not chargeable, at least as an accessory uh, even if it was an unwitting accessory, he still brought the gun. I just don't see how that is not chargeable. And above and beyond any of that, he doesn't have to be charged for the school to be able to suspend him and not allow him to play. There have been a lot of people talking about any other student It wasn't an athlete would be brought up in front of a, uh, a peer review board and would be suspended. So the idea that this guy is being given extra special treatment, not that that's that out of the ordinary for an athlete to get special treatment, um, but it's a bad look for the university, and I, I don't see that this thing comes out good for anybody involved in the thing. Yeah, and guys, I mean, to me right now, just based on the facts, and the facts are that he was fully cooperative with law enforcement, um, and they are deciding not to charge him what basis would you guys suspend him on? That's just where I'm getting stuck in this whole situation. And um, obviously, if you don't know the situation, Darius Miles, who was also on the basketball team, it was his gun, um, which was apparently in the backseat of Brandon Miller's car. Um, and Brandon Miller claims to have no idea that the gun was in the backseat. And then Michael Davis actually fired the fatal shot. Um, well, the text messages that night. don't. The text messages don't line up with that version of events, though, Sam. The text messages indicate uh, bring the hat or whatever it was. I can't remember the lingo that was used. It was bring, bring my joint, I think, is the quote. Bring the joint, yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm sure that he's going to stand on that argument. Well, I didn't know it was in the back of the car, but I, I don't know that that holds water based on the, the, um, the, the text message that they have. I think conduct on becoming the team, the fact that he was even any in any way, shape, or form involved in this, being around people that he shouldn't have been around, even though one of them was a teammate. I, I think there's plenty of room that they could say, we got to take a timeout from this guy for a while. And where I get stuck is where law enforcement is telling us that the video evidence is corroborating his story, Brandon Miller's story. I mean, it's, there's, I guess, a chance legally that, 
Brandon Miller could have just been going up to pick up his drunk friend who was clearly upset after that text message. And then, you know, obviously if the video evidence shows something like Darius Miles getting in the backseat of the car and then more words are exchanged and he gets back out of the car and then Brandon Miller leaves, I mean, I guess that's how he's cleared legally. I'm not really sure, but uh, as as far as right now, he's innocent, and Nate Oates and and Alabi decided to play him. Uh, Mark, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, I I, I think that's fair. I mean, I think that there's a whole realm of scenarios that can unfold with this. I mean, the fact to me that Nate – or that that Miller's car had gunshot holes in it and that he was blocking in someone from leaving – uh, the woman from leaving, I, I just don't. I don't. I mean, I, if, if I'm running the team, I, I just think you got to suspend him. I just, I just think you have to. I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to do something to violate the law to be suspended from a team. I mean, like right. that's, that's, what, that's, that's what I was said. saying. You yeah. know, um, I don't know why. I don't know how in the world the police wouldn't charge him with accessory to murder. I don't. I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, even asked, even asked uh, yesterday. We can take some phone calls on this too. If there's somebody out there listening that's a, that's a district attorney or. It's a policeman or something like that, and just based on what the evidence is, and read that there. If this was, if this would have happened in Auburn, Alabama, would they have charged him? Not Tuscaloosa. Well, I've watched enough Dayline to know that sometimes <laughs> they don't charge because they're trying to build a stronger case, which may be what's going on here. Um, but that, to to your point, Mark, that doesn't mean that he doesn't that he couldn't be suspended from the team. It's remarkable that he went out and dropped a career high last night under that kind of stress and with with all of this that's going on around him. But I don't think he ever should have been on the floor in order to be able to perform at that level last night. I just think that this – I think the way that this has been handled by everybody involved has been poor. And I think that in the long term, it's really going to affect the university on a negative level, uh, the coach – the athletic department, everybody involved because college athletics is contingent on people sending their kids to a place to grow and mature and learn good habits and responsibilities and all of those things that we hear talked about all the time. You know, it's like the Baylor situation a few years ago. I mean, what does that say about your university that that kind of stuff is going on and that you don't even take a hard line – to the point you don't take a hard line approach, the coach comes out and says, well, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. I mean, that is absurd. Yeah, as far as far as the facts go right now, right now Brandon Miller is innocent. I feel like, just in my humble opinion, I feel like people rushed to judgment a little bit yesterday when ESPN you know, sent out the report that, quote, Brandon Miller allegedly provided the handgun used – in the murder I, I obviously there's different versions of the stories and and law enforcement um right now has not charged uh brandon miller so i in my humble opinion i don't think it's out of line in this situation and i was getting ripped on twitter and and from pat for saying this but i don't think it's out of line to say what he did last night was remarkable i mean the pressure that he's under when you're involved in a murder case and you're having to go on the road in a hostile environment and he drops a career high the mental toughness factor of all of that is impressive to me and if he is innocent it's even more you know special that he is able to compartmentalize that stuff and i just thought it was an incredible performance last night considering what the facts are right now is that brandon miller is innocent 
And I don't think it's out well, of line to, to say that he played great and bring it back. He to did sports. play great. I, I mean, I'm not going to dis- I'm not going to disagree with you. And that's and what I'm not I'm talking saying. to you guys. I'm talking to what I've understand, heard other people say. But on I, I'm saying that that the performance that he had under that amount of pressure last night was remarkable. But I don't think it's out of line for the university, even even if I uh, agree with you and say, okay, right now. In the eyes of the law, he's innocent because he's not been charged with anything. He's certainly not been found guilty of anything. But I also don't think it's out of bounds for the university to say, while you while this is being investigated and while these things are going on, you need to take a step away from uh, the, the, the program, from the team. Now, they don't want to do that because they're playing at a high level right now. March Madness is coming right down the pipe. But um, I don't think it's out of bounds to say you need to go deal with this and this investigation and make sure everything is squared away and take a timeout from the team. I, I, I think that that is probably what the university should have done. Go ahead, Mark. I'm, I'm with him. I'm with him. I, 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 man, I, do, I do think that, yeah, he's very, very talented. Uh, but but I, think he's, I think he's been lucky to avoid prosecution on this so far. <clears throat> Yeah, considering all the facts, um, you know, yeah, the situation is what it is. Um, other things that happened in college basketball last night, guys, Kelvin Sampson, uh, speaking of Alabama being the number two team in the country, Kelvin Sampson and the Houston Cougars are the number one team in the country. They beat the second-ranked team in the AAC by 30 points last night. I watched every second of this game. Kelvin and Kellen got these guys playing elite defense right now. They're a really fun team to watch. Um, and the way that they play just, you know, the heart hustle and hardwood, you know, kind of mentality that Kelvin brings to that team. And then you even get guys that haven't been necessarily contributing a whole lot, like Jawan Roberts scores 20 points last night and career high 12 rebounds, you know, really impressive stuff. Uh, from uh, He scored 20 points against Memphis, 26 last night. Really, really impressive stuff from the Houston Cougars. Here's what I want to know uh, from both of you guys. Is Houston, they're going to be a number one seed more than likely. They only have three games left to play. Are they a legitimate threat to win a title, though? Because uh, for the most part, uh, they've beaten a lot of teams that are not high-level superstar marquee teams. Um, They played Alabama. They lost to Alabama. Uh, They played uh, Temple. They lost to Temple. Not that Temple's that great. But most of their wins are against – Oral Roberts is good. They beat Oral Roberts. But are they a team, based on their record and who they've beaten – that is a legitimate threat to win the national title, do you think? Yes, I do. <clears throat> I, I think Sasser is a really – he's an All-American type basketball player on that team. I do think that what Houston does lends itself to playing well in the tournament. They play really, really good defense. They rebound so that can get them extra possessions. Uh, they're difficult to score against. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think they're absolutely Final Four threat. Okay. A contender. Yeah, I mean, kind of cool. You know, you know where the Final rank? Four is. Is it in What's Houston that? this year? Yeah, Final Four is in Houston. Oh, wow. I did not realize that. <clears throat> yeah, their net and BPI ranking is first in the country. Now, their their strength of schedule is 82nd in the country, second right. lowest among AP Top 25. Um, you know, and they, 
they have 12 wins by over 20 points, which obviously shows their strength of schedule. But I do think that they can compete with anyone in the country, Brad, because they do play such incredible defense. I think any time a team plays, you know, just relentless defense like the Houston Cougars do, I I think that they have a chance to beat anybody. Well, they're playing relentless defense, but they're playing it against the 82nd best compendium of teams that they're going against. And, and, you you know, they lost to Alabama. So that's that's the reason I bring up the question. What's that? What's a compendium? A collection. The, all of them together, collectively. I didn't know I was going to learn today, but I did. Yeah, man. That's impressive. Dropping some knowledge on you. Yeah. Wow. Compendium. I'm going to try to use that in a sentence some other time. That's awesome. Um, I, the schedule being difficult, I, 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 think they're, I think they're tested. I mean, they did play Alabama in the non-conference. Um not the toughest league this year they'll they'll get all the schedule that they want next year but um i mean they've been consistently good for a pretty long period of time here so i do think that that i think kelvin's culture has changed a little since he was at ou i think that he's more allowing of guys he's he's given more offensive freedom to the to the team and players and i I think that's helped them some Uh, they're definitely more watchable than some of those oklahoma teams were um the, but my point is, and I do think that they're great, and I think that he's done a damn good job. I mean, he may be coach of the year this year as a result of what he's done with that team. I just wonder when they get into the tournament and they're playing consistently good teams, once you get to the Sweet 16, Elite 8, uh, and certainly the Final Four, are they going to be able to withstand that kind of barrage of talent? And uh, listen, it'd be a great story if they did win. I'm not saying that they can't. I'm asking the question, could they? Because I, I looked at that schedule and I didn't think that it looked like that. Uh, it doesn't look anything like Kansas's schedule. It does not. Well, I'll say one thing. I'm, I'm rooting for Kelvin Sampson because he got the short end of a stick. If you think about, you know, too many text messages compared to other things we're talking about in college basketball, it seems very, very minimal. Um Third team in the country, Kansas. I mean, they've been on a heater all February, you know, wins against Texas and, uh, you know, OU, OSU, Baylor, and TCU. They're on an absolute heater as well. Um, And then right now the fourth-ranked team is UCLA. Do you think those are the the number one seeds for the tournament, Marcus? Kansas, let's see, Kansas, Alabama, who would you say? I would say Houston, Kansas, Alabama. Houston, Alabama, Kansas, and UCLA. Yeah, it didn't, or do you it throw might, Purdue in there? It, Purdue's got a, sh- a shot, and so does Arizona. Those would be the, those. Are, those are the six I think fighting for the four. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? She is the least credible person I may have ever seen on camera. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Guys, not everything is forty chess. Why can't we just laugh? Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. We all know I'm the number one rapper in the world thanks to Facts by Tom McDonald. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Thunder back in action tonight at Utah. The Jazz are 29 and 31 on the year. The Thunder are 28 and 29. The Thunder have 25 games left, guys. By the way, you can catch this game at 8 o'clock our time on Valley Sports and right here on the Sports Animal Thunder forecast at 630 um, man, the Thunder has a tough schedule for these last 25 games, guys. I, I want to say the Thunder 
you know, can can maybe finish this season at 500 at 41 and 41, but I think that like 37 and 45 is much more likely the more that I look at this schedule uh, coming down the stretch, Marcus. Going to be fun to see what they do. Uh, third third most easy schedule in the NBA, but there are some, some tough games here. So uh, Sacramento back-to-back will be fun to, to see the Kings, uh, kind of exciting team. In, in the NBA and still a plate full of Western Conference teams until the middle of March. Yeah, the month of March is a grind. You got the Lakers, the Warriors, uh, Phoenix. I mean, all the, the, the cream, two back-to-backs with the Clippers. Uh, you got the Lakers twice spread out over the month. I mean, it, it's the, the cream of the crop in the West besides Denver. The Thunder are going to be squaring off against in March. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a nice test to see. They they went into the All-Star break going at a pretty decent clip. SGA continues to uh, do what he does. And, and uh, Santa Clara Williams uh, it continues to develop in a way that I don't think any of us, even Mark, who was a huge supporter early on, expected him to be where he is right now. Um, they're going to be fun to watch, but yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna know what their legs truly are like as of right now after the month of March, I think. Yeah, no doubt about it. By the way, the Jazz obviously Lowry Markinen, twenty four points a game, eight rebounds a game. Jordan Clarkson, who I'm assuming is going to be uh, defended by Lou Dort uh, tonight, you know, averaging twenty points and and four assists. Utah before the all-star break lost three straight at home uh but utah is favored by two and a half points tonight who do you like tonight in this in this game tonight in utah mark mm. i would like the, i would like the thunder tonight i think the thunder have a good chance to win the game kind of surprises me that utah is is favored it does me too a little bit Brad, I, I Con- losing mike conley doesn't really hurt them a, a whole lot you know he wasn't his minutes weren't substantial um but yeah i would i'm surprised that the you know two and a half points not that big a big a spread uh, yeah i think that the i think the teams are are tracking pretty comparably i think the thunder have better players i think they're tracking pretty comparably uh and the fact that it's being played in salt lake which probably gives the nod to the jazz but yeah i don't i mean I, i wouldn't be shocked if the thunder couldn't go in there and take a victory away from utah no, I think they have a good chance to get off to kind of a hot start here after this All-Star break because, like, like we just talked about, I think tonight's a very winnable game against the Jazz, albeit on the road. And then we move to Friday. It looks like the Suns are not going to have Kevin Durant back until Sunday uh, when they play the Milwaukee Bucks. So it looks like the Thunder is going to get the Suns without Kevin Durant, which could be an opportunity uh, to beat them without, you know, obviously their best player. He, I, he I read a report. I read a report that there's the possibility that Durant may not be ready until the middle of the week next week. So, I mean, it's that thing continues to be a little unpredictable. No, it definitely does. Um, it's going to be interesting for them too, because if you look at the standings uh, right now in the Western Conference, I mean, the Suns right now are in fifth in the Western Conference, a half a game behind the Clippers. Um, I guess I see the Kings dropping down a little bit, but they've played some really consistent basketball. And then you have the Mavericks and the Pelicans. Obviously, the Mavs have their new additions, and then the Pelicans are going to get Zion back, who, by the way, they said it's an open-ended discussion on on when to bring him back as far as that hamstring goes. Um, But I I would assume the Pelicans are going to move up just because the Suns brought in Kevin Durant doesn't necessarily mean to me that they're going to be you know, a, a top three seed in the West come playoff time. 
I the thing I do. I, I like the Suns. Um, I think that they're they're going to be in pretty good shape. To me, I, I think the Suns and the Clippers are uh, are moving up. I think the Kings are moving down. I think New Orleans is moving down. Um, I, I think I don't know what that open-ended discussion means, but it, I think it's going to be a while before you know before he's back. Um, I heard so. somebody call him the uh, the the current uh, Greg Oden, which yeah. I mean, listen, I, it's not exactly the same because he's played more than Greg Oden, but um, man, it's he just cannot stay healthy. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever heard a team say Zion's return or a player's return is quote open ended. You know, <laughs> they normally like with the Steph Curry situation, they say, you know, we'll reevaluate next week. You know, yeah. Well, speaking of Steph Curry, I was going to bring that up. That's the thing that surprises me right now. Coming out of the All Star break, looking at the stretch, the the lack of respect given to the Golden State Warriors. And I know that, that that Curry is hurt and we don't know what his situation is going to be and when he's going to be back and when he does come back, uh, if it's going to take him long to get into the swing of things. But the idea that there are so many people that are riding Golden State off in the West is shocking to me because you don't have that level of talent with that level of playoff and championship experience. Um and just say, well, they're not going to be a factor this year. I, there's so many uh, writers that I've been reading that just basically have dismissed them from the hunt in the West, and I don't buy that for a minute. I, I think that they're if if Steph Curry can come back and get healthy, I got to put them in the top three in the West. Right now, they're number nine, right at 500. I think this is a perfect time, guys, to maybe propose a pizza bet on my part. I propose that the Clippers will go farther than the Warriors in the playoffs, and if they get knocked out in the same round, you guys are so confident in the Warriors, I win. Would you guys like to take that pizza bet? <laughs> Nothing like stacking the odds for the house. Okay, let's see. Clippers are going to have home court advantage. I mean, it might be Clippers-Warriors in the first round. Could be. Could be. That's a possibility. Right now, the Clippers are 33-28. and 28. They have 21 games left. Um, by the way, guys, let, let's talk about Westbrook for a second because I was talking about this earlier. I think that when we look back to the Paul George-Westbrook time, obviously, you know, Westbrook being introduced as a Clipper yesterday, when we look back to their time in Oklahoma City back in 2018 and 2019, we look at them as a failure. I mean, that team won 49 games, and Paul George averaged 28 points and had the best year of his career. The real reason why they lost to Dame was not, you know, the shot where he waved goodbye. It was Paul George's shoulder injury that he had surgery on right after the playoffs. And Russell Westbrook, not to mention, averaged a triple-double that year as well. You add Kawhi Leonard to that great chemistry that Paul George and, and Russell Westbrook have. My goodness. I mean, this team... It, it looks like a championship contender to me. All right, here's here's what, what I'm going to do. What here's what I'm going to do, Sam. I'm going to take your bet. 18 and 19. I'm going to take your bet, but I'm not I, I'm not giving you the win if they go out in the same round. If they go out in the same round, it's a push. But I'll take your bet just because I told you yesterday that that I, I would I would stand up to you uh, if you give me the terms of what makes the Westbrook thing a success or not a success. That puts some parameters on it. So I would if you'll take that bet, I'll make that bet with you. So. Re-say that one more time for me, Brad. Your side. 
who goes further who goes further in the playoffs between the 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 Warriors me the Clippers you uh, okay. is the winner if they go out in the same round it's a push and neither one of us wins I'm good with that we can go we can go with that I got the Clippers to go farther than the Warriors in the playoffs um, you know by the way let's look at the guys that the Clippers brought in I mean Highland he's averaging three points in Denver I, I mean sorry three assists per game in Denver Gordon was averaging below three assists playing 30 minutes a game in Houston I mean bringing Russell Westbrook in to facilitate I don't think you have to rely on that athletic ability like a lot of people are saying that is not the same as in his prime I mean you know this year in 28 minutes he's averaging 16 6 and 8 and one steal per game which is solid on the defensive end as well and per 36 minutes Russell Westbrook is averaging 28 and 9.4 assists per game I mean, to me, you hear a lot of unbiased people talk about Russell Westbrook, like Shaq and Chuck and Van Gundy, Jamal Crawford. You know, you could talk about all these guys that have no bias. They say, of course, Russell Westbrook is going to help them. And yes, he's to me in, in L.A. for the Clippers, he should be starting along with Paul George, Kawhi and Zubak and and Marcus Morris and then you have Norman Powell and Bones Highland and Eric Gordon and Terrence Mann come off the bench I mean we saw what happened to the Lakers against the Pelicans when you take Russ out of crunch time of course he's going to be in those crunch time lineups I I see this team succeeding in the playoffs I see them you know definitely making the Western Conference Finals in my opinion this LA Clippers team okay to reference 2018 in 2023 is a little reckless. Like, uh, things were, you know, as far as 20, uh, I mean, I feel like I probably was a child in 2018. I was <laughs> not even close to the 50th birthday yet and all those kind of things. Russell's game has gone down significantly since 2018. Uh, I also think that the, the problem with him in the starting lineup is can you get him to be the best version of himself, which has been hard to do at times to play with others so i think you you've got to uh it is again it's going to be difficult at times i think because teams are going to sink on him and they're going to force him to want to take outside shots and i think what the clippers need more than anything is a pass first point guard and i don't know that russell is that guy so um i can't wait to see how it goes I do have to tell you this, is that when the trade went down or the or the signing of Russell went down, the Vegas odds on the Clippers to win the championship went up, uh, not lower. So I, I don't – I think there are a lot of people that are very skeptical that this will work. Now, I understand that there are people think it's going to be great, so the proof will be in the pudding. I co-sign everything you just said. I also think that uh, – I'll reiterate what I said the other day, that in crunch time, Russell's going to be a liability – they're going to foul him. They're going to put him on a free throw line. So if if they attempt to put him in in crunch time, that could be an issue. And here's the other thing. I think this is a super talented team, and I think this is a team that had a chance in the West this year regardless. But Paul George got to show up in the playoffs. And that I, until he does, and we know he's capable of playing at a high level, but I don't know what his best playoff performance was, but it's not at the level that we regard Paul George as. Kawhi, you don't say the same thing about him, but those are my hesitations. Now, all that being said, if Steph Curry doesn't come back or he doesn't come back healthy, I'm going to go ahead and buy you the pizza because they're going to wind up not contending, and the Clippers are probably going to go further. But th- I'll take that bet under those terms because I think that's where we are. 
All right, I got the Clippers we, to go farther yeah. than the Warriors in the playoffs. Go ahead, Mark. We, we, we can put a Tones United Nation pizza uh, company uh, pie on it. <laughs> you, I got one with you, too? Yep. Yep. All right. I'll take it. I got a pizza. All right. Clippers to go farther than the Warriors. I got the Clippers. Mark and Brad have the Warriors. Um, guys, I mean, real quick, quickly, I mean, speaking about Steph Curry, you guys think that he can just instantly be put into this lineup after – the uh, the injury, which by the way, I could, speaking of tough words to pronounce, Steph Curry's injury is one of the toughest words that I've ever seen uh, to pronounce. But you know, they say they're reevaluating in a week. Is he? I mean, going to be able to kind of, you know, be included in this lineup and, and really try to not just be included, but kind of um, ingratiate himself into into the chemistry of this team? Because to me, they're a 500 ball club right now, and the, the teams ahead of them in the West right now, I don't see a lot of them falling. We just talked about the, the Suns and the Mavs, and, you know, obviously they'll be a tough out in the first round of the playoffs, but I don't see them making some huge run up to, like, the top three seeds in the West. That's how contingent that team is on Steph Curry and his shooting and what he does on the floor to the other team. I, I think he comes back, he'll be rusty, but the guy's got experience, he's got playoff experience, he's got championship experience. I don't think it's going to take him a lengthy time. Now, that being said, we've seen at times he's come back from injuries and it's taken him periods of time to, to get back into the swing of things. I, I think he knows that now's when it matters, and I, I think he'll get back in, and that's going to make the difference in that team. Yeah, I mean, his Mark, moving off the ball is, is moving off the ball is just a, it's a significant issue to deal with for, for really any team. I mean, that the way that the Warriors play is kind of, a to me, a clinic. Um so, they just, I mean, they're the NBA champions a year ago. There's not been a whole lot change off this team, other than the fact that they've had injuries and the NBA regular season and the postseason is a lot different deal. Uh, I think the Warriors' road record is kind of interesting to me this year, but I, I don't think that they've really focused and played locked-in basketball as of yet. So, I, uh, I do like the, the Warriors' chances to, to go far. By the way, it's a superior tibio, fib, superior tibiofibular ligaments in his interosseous membrane as well as a contusion on his lower left leg. So there you go, as far as the tough words to pronounce. So he's got a bum uh, leg. Job on that. Yeah, he's got Bad a bum leg. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I was in, like, in a company, and I don't know, like, how marketing sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah, and... Like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah, yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. That is right. Darkness, everybody. Uh, by the way, Sports Morning, Sam Humphreys in for Craig Humphreys. Brad at Bob Moore Nissan, Mark at Bob Moore Ford. Aaron Rodgers has concluded his darkness retreat. Brad, give us some details on this. All right, so he went to a place. This is according to um, ESPN's reporting. He went to a place called Sky Cave Retreats in Oregon. Uh, he stayed in a 300-square-foot room with no natural light designed to be silent. 
It had a bed, a meditation mat, and a bathroom, and food was brought to him. However, he was supposed to do four days. According to the reporting, he uh, showed up on Monday and left on Wednesday. So uh, he, at the max, he did three days of uh, his silent darkness retreat. I, I don't know what it was that he thought that this was going to accomplish. I, I guess being in that that sensory deprivation chamber, essentially, was supposed to bring him some enlightenment. But I, I just think this is a weird cat, man. Aaron Rodgers is into some weird, weird stuff. By the way, I looked up. The average hotel room in the U.S. is 300 square feet, so about the size of the average hotel room. But I you, mean, this is – go ahead. Uh, I mean, here's what Charles said about his darkness retreat. I quickly found in the experience that once you deprive yourself of light, technology – and all those things we are so addicted to in the world around us, you very quickly and easily go inside yourself. I saw myself viewing, feeling, and seeing things of the past that I had completely forgotten about using a different set of eyes. This is the third eye that Matt talks about all the time. I also found my meditations were in the brightest were the brightest they had ever been in my life. I saw so much inner light inside at times that I would question if what I was seeing was actually in the room, which of course it wasn't. Overall, without a doubt, this experience was life-changing there you go and who was this pretty deep oh some guy named charles okay i i thought you, when you said charles i thought like charles barkley some charles that that i should know who it was <laughs> i mean uh, i charles. get that i i've heard about some of these retreats like he did last year with the ayahuasca or some of these hallucinogens and the stuff that they're researching now in terms of of psychological treatments and ptsd treatments and that stuff but just sitting in a dark room i mean that's basically guys go crazy for being stuck in a dark room in jail solitary confinement except with the lights off i guess i mean to me this is scary i mean it it would be scary to you know go visit deep dark things inside myself maybe you know, he's just a weird guy to me. I don't know. Just super He weird. is a weird guy. I mean, this is basically the, this is, uh, the, the plot line for Papillon, isn't it? Is, if he got out and escaped from the prison island that he was on, that would be, there wouldn't be much difference between him and Pappy. Not something I'm going to be doing anytime soon. Me either. <laughs> I mean, by the way, so the 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers will now make $60 million uh, again this season. So, I mean – do you think he got any enlightenment on where he might like to go? Maybe the Jets, maybe, you know, maybe the Raiders. I mean, where, where do you guys think that Rodgers ends up? Of the Jets, Raiders, and Packers, I'm going to handicap this and say he's got the best chance to win with the Packers. I'm going to handicap it and say he wants that money, and so he's going to stay there and take the $60 million. Nobody else can pay him $60 million for a year. I mean, it hasn't turned out good for other teams that have signed, you know, quarterbacks to big contracts, whether it be Russell Wilson, I mean, Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, we could go on down the list. I mean, it hamstrings these teams for sure. Um, but but I, 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 think that, I think the Packers have got the best chance to win, but the, there is a little bit of uh, issue there of, of do the Packers, uh, do they want it? Well, I don't know what to move on. I don't know what kind of option they have, though, is the problem. If he decides he wants to stay there, what are they going to do? 
Because they're going to have to either pay a bunch of – I mean, I guess what they could do is pay the bulk of that salary and negotiate with another team that wants him, say the Jets, uh, which is in the other conference, and get the Jets to pick up $10 million of that money or $15 million of that money, and they, they cut a chunk of change just to get him out of there the way that the Browns did with Baker Mayfield. But it would be weird to do that with a uh, not that far removed from back-to-back MVP winner. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, this quarterback market is really fascinating. I think there's a, lo- a lot of different ways that it could go. No, there's a, there's a ton of fascinating things. I mean, what do you guys think about the Lamar Jackson situation? Do you think that he ends up in Baltimore again, or do you think Baltimore possibly, you know, takes a, a quarterback at eight? I mean, one of the the CB, CBS NFL mock draft that I saw has C.J. Stroud, uh, you know, dropping all the way to Baltimore at eight. Do you think the that problem they, I have you know, with go that, that route Sam, in the draft? The problem I have with that is that C.J. Stroud is not going to come in and give them what they need to have. So in in his first year in the NFL, I just don't see him making that jump, even though they don't want to be dependent. Clearly, they don't want to be dependent on that quarterback position. And even C.J. Stroud and Tyler Huntley together is not going to give them what they need to do if they want to win. So I don't see that being a viable option for them. That's not to say that they might not try and draft a quarterback, but they're good enough that they can be competitive right now, and I don't think playing without Lamar Jackson or without somebody that is a starting NFL quarterback caliber is going to do for them what they need to do. If they want to lowball it, they still got to find somebody that's an, an upgrade from those, either one of, or both of those guys. Yeah, it's, it's a tough situation for Baltimore because if you do get rid of him, you can't find another Lamar Jackson. There's nobody like him. I mean, it, to me, I think that – You've got to pay Lamar Jackson in that situation, even though I I have talked about how it hamstrings teams when you pay guys. But in Baltimore's situation, he is the offense. And so I I feel like Baltimore has to pay him. Now, if he did, you know, end up not re-signing with Baltimore, I mean, to me, or or restructuring his deal with Baltimore, to me, I think that the scariest situation for me as an NFC East and Eagles fan would be him going to Eric Bieniemy in Washington. That would be a crazy hypothetical as well. Here's a question for you guys. So where is Baltimore better off? Are they better off if they're going to use the franchise tag on him, using the exclusive franchise tag and running the risk of him not signing the deal and sitting out for a year, or would they be better served to make it non-exclusive, let him negotiate, get a deal where he's going to be happy with somebody else, and they get two first-round picks? I think there'll be a team. I think that uh, I, I think that there's a team that would take him in a trade on the franchise tag, for sure. So I, I think probably exclusive is the way to go. But I think, I think don't, isn't some of this gonna, based on the negotiation and how things work, I think they would be able to figure that out before they have to make it. You know, what I'm saying. Well, yeah, but they're going to have a terrible to do... option for them to to have him come back and play. Yeah. Well, no, I agree with that, but they're going to have to pay him in order for that to happen. And you just said yourself they're going to figure that out in the negotiations, but they're not having any negotiations right now, which is crazy. Lamar's agent. So. Yeah, Lamar is tough to get a hold of. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? Reality remains reality no matter how hard you try to ignore it. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Again, I'm all here for the pop culture, people dating each other for the press. Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. 
Every so often, and by every so often, I mean literally every 27 seconds when the producer gets fired. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. 